you, child, shall be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord, prepare his way, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercies of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace, the child continued to grow to become strong in spirit and he lived in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. He had an unusual beginning. As Mary was given a child by the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth through her husband Zacharias was given a child in their old age because they had been faithful and had asked for a son and while he was ministering in the temple you know he was he was distracted by, by Gabriel uh, I found it a little amusing when he uh, how am I going to know and and this fellow says, well, just, just in case you don't know, he said, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> I stand in the presence of God. And you ask for a sign. You'll have a baby, but your sign will be you can't speak for this period of time. He was a special anointed child from his birth to do a specific thing. As Isaiah had prophesied, there's going to come a forerunner. Uh, this was the last of the Old Testament prophets uh, uh, here to come. John. Not to be confused with John the disciple. He was a forerunner of the war. We don't know anything more about John than what we have in Scripture here. And we don't know anything more from his birth till this next statement is he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance. Jesus said he's a special guy. Uh, we'll, we'll get into something else in just a minute. Turn with me, if you will, to Mark. Matthew, Mark. Mark, the... Uh, the uh, sixth chapter. This is a parallel reading um, of what we're going to go back to, to Matthew and see. Verse 17 of chapter 6. For Herod himself had sent John's uh, arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip because he had married her for John had been saying to Herod it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death and could not do so for Herod her husband was afraid of John knowing that he was a righteous 
and holy man and kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed. But he used to enjoy listening to him. A strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for the lords and the military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when it came, and when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and, and his guest. And the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask of me, I will give it to you up to half of my kingdom. She went out said to her mother, What shall I ask for? She said to the head of John the Baptist. Immediately, she came in a hurry to the king and asked, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oath and because of his dinner guest, he was unwilling to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded him to put back his head. And he went and had him beheaded in the prison and brought her the head on a platter gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. We talked about it a little bit last week. You know, I don't know uh, exactly what happened here, but if it was a banquet, probably here it had too much to drink, and that clouds your decisions. Don't do it. And he, uh, the girl danced before him, and he, he let the wine do the talking. He said, whatever you want, up to half of my kingdom, I'll give it to you. That's kind of silly, you know? Do we ever let our mind, mouth overload us, you know? Do we say some stuff that we don't really mean? Do we, do we, you know, hey, like the old expression, put your, your mind in motion before you put your mouth in gear. You know, be careful about what you say and how you say it. Here, Herod, just because this girl danced in front of him, he said this. But the thing then happened is, he wasn't man enough to say, you know, I, 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 really, don't, I really don't want to do that. But because of the officials were there, because of the peer pressure he had, he said, okay, go get John and cut his head off. All right, let's go back to, to Matthew chapter 14. Mark's account of this is more thorough than, than Matthew's account, the, the reason we went there. Um, John 14, verse 1. And at this time, Herod the Petrarch heard the news about Jesus. Okay. There's powerful, powerful, powerful 
news or statement in a testimony. Uh, he hadn't met Jesus, evidently, but he heard about Jesus because of what the people were saying. That's like Rahab. When Rahab uh, kept the ten spies, uh, Rahab told these two guys that came, it says, we've heard what the Lord God did to Israel, how he's been. We've heard. You have a word to say. You have a testimony. So Jesus said here, or Herod said, about that time Herod heard the news about Jesus and said to his servants, is this John the Baptist? Has he risen from the dead? And that is why the miraculous powers are working in him? For when Herod had John arrested, he bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. For John had been saying to her, him, it is not lawful for you to have her. This day and time, we're so careful about what we say and how we say it. You better be. <laughs> you better be careful. And yet, there's a boldness in the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, and in the right attitude. You need to confront sin for what sin is. This was a high official. It was a moral thing to John that that Herod had his brother's wife. We don't know the circumstances there. We just know that he had his brother's wife and and John kept telling him, you don't need to have your brother's wife. You need to speak up for sin when it's in a brother. Although Herod wanted to put him to death, he feared the crowd, verse 5, because they regarded John as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before him and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever he had, she asked. Having been prompted by her mother, she gave, now give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. Although he was grieved the king's commandment, it is to be given because of his oath. He sent had John beheaded in prison, and the head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And the disciples came and took away the body and buried it when they reported it to Jesus. We're told in, um, in Mark, I, I stopped short of that, we're told that after, after this happened, um, the Lord was grieved 
and uh, he he uh, went away to pray, um, and uh, he was he was upset when he heard about John's death. If you if you could call Jesus having family. John the Baptist was as close a family as he had in this earth. He was God-man. He was not. Uh, but Mary and Elizabeth were kin. So therefore, John the Baptist and Jesus were kin. And it grieved him because he was the forerunner of the Lord. He baptized him, as we saw uh, back in chapter 3. He baptized him and God said, this is my son. I'm very well pleased with, with who he is and where he is. If there was ever a man that was um, his godliness was not rewarded in this life, John the Baptist would probably head the list. James John the Beloved's brother, who was martyred early in the Christian life, Stephen, some more whose lives were short, short, cut short because of their faith and their boldness to speak out. Um, they, went, they went to glory early. And we've talked about that. You know, We, we have the wrong mindset in that this is all there is. <laughs> uh, we live like that a lot of times, that this is all there is. Let me read you what, uh, what uh, uh, I forgot the man's name, but anyway, that's a commentary that I've been reading. Let all true Christians remember that the best things are yet to come. Let us think it nothing strange if we have suffered in this present time. It is a probation, probationary period. We're still in school. We're learning patience, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, which we could hardly learn if we had all good things now. But there is an eternal holiday yet to begin. For let us wait quietly. It will make amends for all. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs everything. Quote from Paul from Second. Second Corinthians. So let's talk a little bit about conscience. Um, Herod's conscience was was uh, was pricked. Uh, he he knew who John was. It upset him that he was killed him, gonna kill him, but he didn't have enough gumption to stop it. Um, conscience. We all got one. Um, it's been said that some of us don't listen to our conscience sometimes. 
But if we're saved, we've got a greater source within us. Go to John chapter 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 16. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen are some of my most favorite parts of Scripture. John chapter sixteen, verse five. But now I'm going to Him who sent me. None of you ask me where you're going, but because I have said these things. To you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him, capital H, to you. And He, when He comes to you, will convict the world of sin. Righteousness and judgment. The primary role of the Holy Spirit is in verse 8. When the Holy Spirit comes, the helper, the paraclete, one who walks side, one who is within us by a miracle of God Himself, and is given to each one that know Him. He says, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Is conviction and conscience the same? What is conscience? It's, it's built in. And it says, uh, you know, Bill, you shouldn't have done that. You know. <clears throat> Conviction is what? When you're convicted of something, you're convicted, right? We've talked about, Pastor Bob has talked about the fact that, that, that salvation doesn't happen apart from conviction. You're convicted of your sin. And then you need to forsake it and carry on. You know, conviction. We have convictions in our, in our, in our life. The older we grow in the Word, we form convictions. And a conviction moves you. You don't move the conviction. <laughs> You're, you you hold true to these things. I hold true to the fact that this word is all we know about the Christian life. And it's important for us to have it and hide it in our hearts. Conviction. That's a primary purpose of conviction. Convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. When Paul was uh, before Felix, 
in the latter part of Acts. He he said uh, he was talking to him, and, and uh, the scripture says uh, Felix told him he said Paul, you've almost you've almost persuaded me. The King James says you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I wouldn't have gotten that I would, and not you, but everybody else to become a Christian. John the Baptist had a very unique role, and yet he said time and time and time again, it's not me. He says, there's one coming who is mightier and greater, and I'm just the forerunner of the good news. I'm just the forerunner of the good news. John had no problem playing second fiddle, and he he knew uh, what his role was. Apollos, who was a fantastic, and when Priscilla and Aquila found him in, in Acts, and it says, what are you acquainted with? And he said, I'm acquainted with the baptism of John. And Priscilla and Aquila said, Brother, we need to tell you the rest of the story. And they took him aside and, and explained to him what Jesus had come and what Jesus was doing. And that just lit Apollos' fire. And he says, I've got to go tell it. And he did. And uh, I don't know if he wrote the book of Hebrews or not, but I think he did. But I'm going to ask that question when I get to glory. But... Uh, John the Baptist was a, a forerunner. He was uh, he he met a martyr's death um, because a man didn't have enough gumption to 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 say what he needed to say. Any questions about John the Baptist? This is all we know. Basically, what I've read to you today is all we know about John the Baptist. Not to be confused with John the Beloved. So there were two, two, two men in Scripture that had a lot to do that were named John. Okay? Okay, Doctor, how many we got in here today? One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, we got more than we had last week. All right. We're going to pray and we'll be dismissed and then if you sweet folks would help us clean up and, and wipe up a little bit for the people that come in for the next service.